Hey, uh, Brian Parker again. Uh, another exciting venture of Law and Lawyering Unplugged. I am doing a, a quick one today uh, because of the resumption of student loan payments, meaning mostly uh, government student loan payments. I've been getting a lot of calls. What can I do? What can I do? Well, there's not much to be done, but I do have some tips uh, to help you out. Uh, there's, so there's two kind of loans. There's the private loans that uh, if you default or don't go into, or you go into default and you don't pay them, eventually they'll, you'll be sued by whoever holds those loans. I'm not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that you seek to be sued, but it's the best thing that could happen. I get people out of private debt all day long because it gets thrown around and securitized that by the time it gets to a lawsuit, they don't have the ownership, meaning those that sue you. So I know that from 30 years. I would never encourage you to be sued, but I'm telling you if you are, it makes it harder because now they have, they've stuck, stuck their neck out and there's a burden of proof. But very few people realize how much better it is if you get sued on a private loan. The public loan ones, and that's the Biden forbearance that now the payments are being demanded. So what is to be done? There's not much I can offer, but I have a couple of good ideas. First of all, corporations can't help themselves. There's been three months of no payments and no interest, etc. Excuse me, three months. Three years. So they can't help themselves. They'll be asking of you more than likely, more than is due to make up for that loss of interest and everything else that the Biden uh, forbearance, if you will, uh, created. The, the lack of payments, the lack of interest, no money was coming in. They're going to try and make it up. And you, the little guy, me, the little guy, we're the ones that take the brunt of it. They're going to try and make it up on our backs. So a bad situation may get worse uh, unless you do some cool things I'm going to tell you. First of all, if your debt is private, again, not telling you to default, but if you have and you get sued, you're in great shape. See my videos on being sued by private student loan companies. Easy peasy. If it's a public loan, federally based, a government backed, the rules have been changed so many times to hurt the student. You can't really bankrupt these things. Um, you can't stop them. They chase you. There's no real due process in that most judgments that are against you emanate from first a lawsuit. That's your due process. First, you got to have a right to fight the lawsuit. They have, I believe what they're called, executive or office administrative garnishments without a lawsuit on these federally based federally based public loans. Uh, it's not right. Um, and hopefully, as we get closer to the election period and Biden's going to want all those students again, and that's where that first thing emanated from, <laughs> all that forbearance. It was a good idea during COVID, but there are also elections going on. Well, sit tight. As you get close to 2024, he's going to need a large swath of the public that are paying these debts off. So, the Democrats will come up with something if they can get it through the Republican House. 
which generally the Republicans have the bank, banking interest. So that's a possibility as we get, and he can do executive orders. So I'm strained. <laughs> the uh, majority of student loans that are government backed uh, as of 2010 generally weren't securitized. I'm not sure if that's true. If you go into Navient's website, they clearly are securitizing things. That's good for you. If you have a slab, a student loan, asset-backed security loan, meaning up, you took out student public student loans until 2010 as part of the, uh, what's it called, the, the Federal Family Education Loan Program, or FELP. Uh, that is securitized. So there's, go to my securitization videos, two of them, the shorter ones better, and you will see that with securitization comes ownership problems. So even government-backed loans that were securitized, you may have a way of getting out because if it's securitized, somebody else owns it. And to pursue you for something that they don't know is against the law. These are federal loans. You have a federal law on your side, the FDCPA, Fair Debt Collection Practice Act. Keep that in mind as I boringly go on very quickly. So those federal student loans that you can discover were securitized, that's a good thing. That means that title is being pushed around that generally public loans, there is no uh, securitization or assignment of the debt as what you have in private loans that get assigned, assigned, assigned and securitized. And again, see my videos on suing, uh, being sued by private loan uh, debt buyers. It's great stuff. Um, if you are now seeing a resumption of a demand for payments and either a letter has come in the mail that's for a new servicer or collector or your regular one, you, there's a number of names that have government contracts for collecting public loans, if they have on the letter, we are debt collectors, anything you say we use for that purpose, that, what's called a mini Miranda, you got something. Because a servicer, now so there's, you gotta look for a servicer versus a debt collector. If you're being, if your payment is being made to a servicer, your odds of fighting at this stage are very limited. A servicer is either the original creditor or is making themselves known as collecting a payment for the original creditor and they don't have the mini Miranda warning. If you have a letter with the mini Miranda warning, you're in luck, baby. And I think a lot of them do. So it's important to ferret out whether your uh, student loan from the government was a FFELP or a <laughs> Federal Family Education Loan Program, program loan, that's going to be securitized. Uh, the reason why federal loans aren't securitized, by the way, as much as they used to be before 2010, is those loans didn't have credit checks. They didn't have, they didn't see if, it may have been need-based, but there was no uh, clearance to see if you're eligible. You just got them within amount limits. Private student loans have to pass through a credit check. So those private loans are all securitized because when you go through a credit check, whatever level you're at, whether it's 800 or 
600, you assigned a what Moody's called a uh, evaluation. So it would either be a AAA person, you, or maybe a B plus person. And so those types, depending on the A, AAA, or B, go into a certain securitization. The lower the amount, the higher the risk of the securitized trust, but also the higher the payoff if you keep making payments for the bondholders. So if your debt is securitized, you're in great shape because that thing's being dispersed all over the place. It didn't, it hasn't happened recently because there's no credit check on the loans that you get with the government. If you did go through something like that, then you have a, a debt that was probably securitized. That's how securitization works. If your debt is going to be uh, not absconded, but bought and placed in a trust, which then has tranches, which then are bought by bondholders dependent on the AAA value or the triple C value, as far as reward and risk, risk and reward for the bondholders. I'm really going off the rails here. Sorry. Then if you went through a credit check, your public student loan may be securitized. So that's good. If you get one of these letters, regardless, that says we are debt collectors as these payments demand resume, you're in great shape. So I've written a letter for you. It's on my website, collectionstopper.com podcast plus, and I'll title it um, validation letter for federal loans. Let me go down with it very quickly with you, okay? We'll put it on the screen so you don't have to look at me. It hopefully covers me up. Shazam! So uh, the first part, you'll see the debt collector address. That's the address of the company that's pursuing you for the debt. Then validation cease and desist. That will say to them that they are having a demand made for validation and they cannot collect upon you which also, by the way, means they can't go onto your credit later otherwise. So keep an eye on that stuff. By the way, this letter I'm telling you to send, it effectively has all these branches coming out of possible liability that you can use down the road if they don't follow the law. You're not creating liability. You're saying you've got a burden to follow the law. If they don't, you've got all these cases now that you can sue upon that will give you money either to pay your loan or to pressure them into doing the right thing because they broke the law, they have to pay. So this letter, as it says in the letter, I have dear law firm, but you can put dear advantage or whoever is Canavian Solutions, whoever collecting your debt, obviously dear. You'll see reason for writing you. I dispute I owe this debt to you. Name, you put your name, address, the address that they are sending you this stuff to. Reference number, very important. Make sure the reference number or account number of your debt is on there so they don't kick it back and go, well, we didn't know what you're talking about. And then you'll see, I've received a debt collection notice from your law firm. The letter states you are debt collectors collecting a debt from me. That's important because they put that mini Miranda on the letter sometimes, even though they're not debt collectors. But that's also a violation of law to pretend to be debt collectors. A big no-no just to scare people. People get a debt collection letter, they know the price of poker has gone up. And I'm quoting a case that said that. Um, 
So make sure you follow my letter if you feel inclined. I'm not telling you to live your life. I'm not giving you advice. This is just for education and informational purposes. You'll see I've quoted 12 CFR Part 1006. There are big changes made to validation letters and how one responds. Uh, in November 30th, 2021 was the final rule, I believe. So I incorporated some of those requests in my letter. You can see it's clear. Seek the current and original creditor. You're required. They're required to respond. If it was securitized, please let me know. And I put that in there. Verify the amount and all cost charges and interest and other amounts. That's the new kind of thing that the new CFR rules put into validation letters. They've got to show an itemized amount that you owe. Why? Because this goes back to my original point. They're going to try and hit you for stuff you don't owe, interest and charges, to make up for this three years they lost. They have to give you this. By the way, when you send a validation request, not allowed to be collected upon. Look it up. 15 U.S.C. 1692 G. Parens B. says, Thou shalt cease and desist until they respond. And these are from uh, the government's new rules. They have to give you most of these things. I threw in a couple of things about assignments. If you want, keep it in there. Good thing I've put also on there, if you pull or make an inquiry on my credit, show me proof of ownership of the debt. Because if someone touches your credit and they have not passed the three tests, either because it's an employment application, you saw credit, or there was a major business reason, it's an impermissible purpose, that's another case. And I've got impermissible purpose letters right on my website for you to send if that does happen, Podcast Plus. Uh, and then you must, you might want to consider, I'm not telling you what to do. Do you have the right person? Because that's the genesis of a validation letter as far as courts are concerned. Is the wrong person being dunned? That's a collected upon. Uh, again, reference the credit reports and that you dispute with the new rules They've allowed you to dispute certain ways you weren't to before. You can even verbal, even verbally dispute now. And then, I this isn't required, but there's case law in some of the states I practice in that say if you pass on the debt to another collector, you must tell the ne the next collector that you are the debt was disputed. It causes problems for debt collection companies. And Brian P. Parker, the problem maker. That's your best approach, is to be a problem. I've counseled you that in other videos. It works. <laughs> so if you'd like to, follow that validation cease and desist letter on public loans where you're trying to ferret out how, if these people are, sometimes the companies they're pursuing you really don't have a right to, and then they're on your credit report. It doesn't hurt to ask if you're getting a, letter from somebody for the first time and it says we are debt collectors that's a law of a lawbreaker too if they don't within five days of sending you a letter or an email or a phone call all your validation rights so use this letter and get started you may be setting stuff up for down the road you're protecting yourself if someone's trying to increase the amount of money they can get from you and hopefully you don't notice you know corporations do this <laughs> It's, you got to get caught. Uh, what's, the, what's the rule? It's easy to ask for 
uh, forgiveness and permission. That's the corporation mantra. So check out my letter on Podcast Plus. I'll also put on there a, and you'll find it, a dispute letter for student loans. It'll accompany in a section called Public Loan Validation Letter. I'll put a section on Podcast Plus, and then there'll be my show notes from today and those two letters to help you with public student loans. I hope it helps. You can comment. You can like. Please ask me if you have any questions or want a video. This was a shorty but a goodie. I go on and on anyway, and here I go again. So uh, please like, subscribe, and I'll do my best to save you some money and to stop the bad guys. Thank you.